0: This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, hey, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us as we continue to be in church together and do in church online in this season that we're in. I'm excited for today. We're starting a new series called The Impossible, and we're taking a look at how we can move forward in life, even in the face of moments and circumstances and situations that seem like it's impossible. And and I think it's such an important thing we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, because in a lot of ways, so much of life that we're experiencing can feel impossible as we're navigating a global pandemic and all the implications of that. And and so I'm excited as we jump into this. And, And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but it's so easy to get stuck in life when we are faced with what feels like an impossible situation or circumstance or moment. And and in so many ways, this year has felt like that, like one impossible moment after another, especially as Christy and I and our family have moved back into California, being away out of country for seven plus years. And And so many of the dreams that we had have just been canceled left and right, one after the other. And it just felt painful. Well, one of the things that we had on the calendar this year that we were so excited about was going to Yosemite National Park. Uh, We went in 2012, the year before we moved to Canada. And that was our one and only time taking the girls with us. And so as we were coming back, we realized, hey, we can get that back on the calendar. So we booked some campsites got some reservations with my family who are in Southern California, and we were going to spend a week together in the early July, and, and nope, didn't happen. Things got shut down, and that was canceled, and it was so disappointing, and I, I was really sad about that because Yosemite has been such a part of my life. Growing up in Southern California, that's some place that we would go to as a family almost every summer, and we would go on fun adventures and do epic hikes, and, One of those hikes that we did one year when I was in my young twenties was to go to the top of Half Dome. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Yosemite or been there, but that is something that's worth Googling. Yosemite Valley and then look up Half Dome. It is extraordinary and spectacular. It's an eight plus mile hike that goes from the valley floor to the top of this half of a dome called Half Dome in the middle of the valley. You gain elevation of thousands of feet along the way and you don't need ropes, but it's pretty hairy at the end as you go up these cables and get to the top. And, and so we went as a family with my, my older brother and some friends and we get to the top of this, this beautiful view and it's just breathtaking as you take in the, the Sierra Nevadas in all directions around you. And, and then if you walk up to the edge of the half of that dome, it's a sheer drop, thousands of feet to the valley floor. And, and somewhere along that line, there's this little jet of rock that just sticks out it's, big enough for maybe two people to sit on it. And I remember we're there and my older brother looks at me goes, let's go out on that and get a picture. And I was like, are you crazy? Like I have a fear of heights. Like I don't want to do this, but at the same time I have a love of adventure. So let's do it. So my brother goes out first and gets on the outer part of the edge of that ledge. And then I shimmy out like one butt cheek at a time, left butt cheek, hold (laughs) right butt cheek, good. And I have one foot dangling off the edge. And one foot on the rock and then our friend gets the camera out and he goes okay smile I was looking to find this picture I couldn't find it I, I've somehow lost it in all the moves but I wanted to show you this picture because here's my older brother Jared and I on this precipice thousands of feet above the ground smiling and yet if you look at my face that is one of the most forced fake smiles of my life I'm scared out of my mind and I remember we get done with the picture and my brother's like, okay, let's let's get back off this ledge because this isn't safe. And, and I suddenly realized I couldn't move. Like, I, I I was petrified. I was so terrified of this moment that I was stuck. And I remember my brother's like, Joel, like, let, let's go. Like, I, I can't get on the rock until you get on the rock. And I just looked at him and said, Jared, I, I can't move. I can't move right now. I'm stuck. And my older brother's a bit of, Bit of a prankster, like our relationship was somewhat antagonistic as we grew up together. We're fine now as adults, but let me tell you, in that moment, my brother got quiet because he realized the gravity of our situation. Like if Joel freaks out, if Joel starts flailing his arms and if he panics, if he goes, we go, this is not a moment he's looking forward to, so he just gets quiet to let me figure this out. But I was stuck. I was like, Jared, I can't do this. I can't move the two butt cheeks to get back on the rock. And man, isn't that a terrifying feeling when you find yourself in a place in life where you're like, I, I can't do this. And I think in a lot of ways, that's where many of us are finding ourselves right now in this, this season of life that we're trying to figure out as we're walking forward. I mean, school started this week for so many of us and, and kids are going back to school and, and yet it's not how any of us thought it was gonna happen. And we're, we're in this kids at home figuring out school reality and some of us parents are like, I, I can't do this. I, I can't help teach them and figure out life, figure out my job. And I have a lot of friends who are teachers right now that are struggling in this transition going back and, and they're just being honest and saying, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I can't do this well, teach in this context. And, and a lot of them are feeling the weight of kind of the heat and anger that's, that's just being thrown out in all directions. And it's so unfair for my friends who are teachers. I mean, do you remember at the end of last school year, we were like, teachers are awesome; they're the best. And now we're starting the school year, and they're the ones taking so much of the brunt. of Why can't they go back to the classroom? But they're wrestling with this feeling of, I, I don't know if I can do this. I, I can't get it right. Or maybe you're you're in the season where, like, you've lost your job, or things are are tight financially, and you're like, I don't know if we can do this. I I, I can't make ends meet, and it's a terrifying place to be. In. And in those places. It's so easy to feel stuck, to feel like I can't, I can't move past the situation. I can't move beyond the circumstance. And whenever we feel I can't happen to us, I think it's really easy to think that it's because of the impossible situation that we're caught up in. And yet what I've discovered about I can't in my own life is this, that I can't actually has far less to do with the circumstances around me and so much more to do with what's going on inside of me. See, I can't happens when the circumstances around us become greater than the hope within us. And that's why we get stuck. And so when we find ourselves in those impossible places, How do we find our I can? Like, how do we overcome? How do we move from I can't back into I can And I think some people are maybe more naturally good at this, whether they just have more of an optimistic spirit about them. I don't always know the makeup of what, what some people can kind of pioneer and plow through difficult times or not, but whether you're the most optimistic or pessimistic a person, the reality is life is bigger than any of us. And there will be moments that we face that will overwhelm us, and yet I think all of us would want to be the kind of person who could overcome, and yet when life hits hard, sometimes it doesn't matter how strong we are, it's beyond us, and yet I think we can have hope even in those moments when it feels like it's impossible, because as much as we want to be people who can learn to overcome there's somebody else who wants that for us, too. I think that's what Jesus desires for us. That he wants to help grow us and meet us and take us through the difficulties. To help us be people who say, I can. I mean, this is something that one of the early Christian leaders, a man named Paul, discovered in his own life, his own journey, his own walk with Jesus. Something that he he writes about and wanted to share with the first Christians and for all of us who would follow after so we could learn from him how we can move beyond I can't into I can. And so Paul writes these words to some of the first Christians in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, in one of his letters. And he writes this, he writes these words. It says this, he says, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And this might be a familiar verse to some of us, especially if you've grown up with some kind of a faith background or grew up in the church. I mean, this is one of those Bible verses that's very popular that, that we'll oftentimes put up on plaques in our home or on walls or embroidered on pillows or whatever. And this is a verse that unfortunately we can sometimes make a little bit of a trite saying and we can just kind of throw it out in moments where we're trying to figure out life. Like, like I grew up going to a small Christian school and We'd play our sports games, and every time before every game, we would be praying in the locker room, and we would say, "I can do all things through Christ." Who comes out. We can beat that other team. The irony is that the other team was probably saying the same thing, as if they could do it too. And and I don't know if that what that would mean. I, I I don't think this is what Paul was talking about. But if we're all praying that verse, does that make like a dilemma in heaven? Is God like, oh no, they've both prayed the prayer. What do I do? Yeah, I I think maybe the danger of being too familiar with this verse with what Paul's saying here is that we actually miss the power of what it can mean for our lives so when Paul says he can do all things like what is he talking about well he tells us in the verse that precedes verse 13 in verse 12 he tells us listen to what he says he says I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little and so Paul what's the secret that allows you to face all those circumstances of life I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength see what's Paul talking about when he says he can do all things He's talking about the circumstances of life that he finds himself in. Whether they're good or bad or difficult or impossible, he can walk through them because he's found strength in his life. Strength that has moved him out of I can't into I can. And now if you have any bit of a cynical edge to you, which I do, I could look at a verse like that and what Paul's saying. It's like, well, yeah, obviously Paul can do that. That's Paul. He's like a super Christian. It's like somebody God used to write scripture in the Bible. Like, Of course Paul can do that. And yet if we dismiss what he's writing, we miss the power of what he's saying because he's not simply talking about himself. He's writing this for us too. See, why does Paul say he can do all things? Notice it's not because he thinks, well, of course I can. I'm Paul. That's not why. It's because he experienced Jesus. Showing up in his story. He says it's through Christ's strength, not his own strength. See, Paul discovered his I can, not because of how great or awesome he thought he was, but because of how awesome Jesus was in his life. Paul discovered his I can, not in his own strength or his own self-reliance. But he actually discovered his I can in a place of weakness in his life. In a place where he was struggling with a circumstance that felt impossible to him. And we know this because Paul writes about it in another one of his letters. He's, he's incredibly honest about something he was wrestling with in his own life. As he's writing to another group of Christians in, in what we call Second Corinthians, a letter he wrote. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's writing to this group of Christians, and one of the things that he's talking to them about are these incredible things that God has shown him, these, these visions and pictures of the future and what God has planned, and Paul's saying it's beautiful, and it's what informed him of so much of what he wrote and what we have in our Bibles. And what Paul recognizes is that it would be very easy to become full of oneself when God's doing great things through you, which is tragic. I mean, I've seen this happen and. And Christian leaders. I've wrestled with this in my own story. Like when God's doing something really good, we should say, look how awesome you are, God. But so often what happens is we say, look how awesome I am. I must be better than everyone else. And, and so Paul recognized the danger of this. And so he shares this impossible circumstance, this struggle that he faced. And he writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, starting in verse 7. He says, to keep me from becoming proud. I was given a Thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. And so now Paul doesn't tell us what what this actually is, but here's the deal. If, If you're describing this thing in your life as a thorn in your flesh, as a messenger of Satan who's tormenting you, this is not something you're enjoying. This is something that's incredibly painful, a struggle, a circumstance that is just. Almost impossible feeling to deal with. And so, what does Paul do with this? He tells us, in verse 8, he says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Oh, I mean, have you ever been there just in your own journey? Like, Jesus, please take this situation away. Make this impossible thing go away. I mean, here's Paul praying this. And, and I would think if anyone's going to have his prayer answered, it would be Paul. And, and you look at what he says Jesus tells him in this moment. He says, each time, he said, so three times he prays, and each time he said, each time Jesus says this, Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. and I wrestle with this. Like, Jesus, what what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't you just fix the situation, make the impossible thing go away? And yet what Jesus is saying is, no, 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 listen, my power works best in weakness. And he's not saying that because some of it he's trying to keep us in an unhealthy place of, of dependence on. And what he's actually saying is, no, when you're in that place, that's when you're most open to me showing up and letting my power move into your story. I mean, you can stop and think about that. In your life, when are you most open to Jesus showing up and helping you out? Is it in the difficult time or is it in the time when the sun is shining and everything's going great? I mean, let's just be honest, in those really great moments, how much are we really leaning into Jesus? I think a lot of times what our life looks like is, hey, Jesus, I'll see you on Sunday, but thank you. I've got Monday through Saturday covered. I don't need you. And yet when we show up, when those things show up in our lives that are difficult and challenging, that's when we're like, Jesus, I need you seven days a week, please. In my story. And this is what Paul recognized. And so he goes on and he goes, So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. It's in this impossible circumstance that Paul finds himself in that Jesus meets him and says, Paul, I've got this because I've got you. And Paul discovered hope in his impossible circumstance. Hope that Jesus was working in his story. And that hope led him into his I can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And this is not just a truth that Paul finds for himself. This is something that he shares so we can all experience it. So we can move beyond our I can't into our I can And see, we find our I can when the hope within us is greater than the circumstances around us. I said, what if? What if the place you're in right now, the weakness that you're struggling with, the impossible situation and circumstance is exactly where Jesus wants to meet you? and show you his strength as he gives you hope for this season shows you that his grace is enough and that his power is made perfect in our places of weaknesses weakness because that's when he shows up with his strength the best see we move beyond i can't into i can when the hope within us is greater than the circumstances around us. And I don't know about you, but I need hope like that in my story, in my story right now today. And so how can we cultivate that hope for our lives today? How can we cultivate a hope that moves us beyond I can't into I can, into the place where we can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, I think there's a couple of ways that we can cultivate this hope in our stories. I I think one of the ways that we can cultivate hope is by looking back. And I think another way that we can cultivate hope is by looking forward. But by looking back in our stories to those times where Jesus met us and carried us and his strength showed up and he got us through the challenges in the past and by looking forward with great expectation to the things that he's promised to us. And, and so let's talk about how we can cultivate hope by looking back and looking forward. See, I think one of the ways we cultivate hope is by looking back and remembering how Jesus has shown up in our stories in the past. See, something really cool begins to happen when, when Jesus shows up in our lives. When, when, when we begin to buy into him to actually believe Him and believe in Him, whether that was something that began in your life when you were a kid or later on in your story as you've grown up or you've walked away or come back. As we really begin to lean into Jesus and follow Him and walk with Him, something beautiful begins to develop. We begin to develop a track record together where, where I see Him meet me in my story and walk with me and get me through the difficult times. And let me tell you, it is so important in your journey with Jesus that you keep track of that track record, that you record it somehow. Whether you like to do journaling and and remind yourself of things that he's done in your past, or, or you do whatever that looks like to keep track of that. One of the ways that I like to do this, where Jesus has shown up in my story, is by collecting rocks. Little things like this that are reminders of a time in my life when Jesus showed up. This one I've had for about 20 years now. This one comes from the year 1999. That was one of the worst and best years of my life. I had just finished up all of my schooling and was ready to step into my, my calling and my career. and I was so excited and yet at the beginning of that year in 1999, everything I was hoping for was taken away. This girl that I was in deep like with let me know she did not reciprocate how I felt. That was devastating. This church that I had grown up in and served in all through school didn't have a position for me, and that was my dream to work there. And so as I then began to look for work, nothing was available. And I walked through the first half of that year so defeated, feeling like, God, this is impossible. I'm done, but there's no future for me. And then my friend reached out to me to check in on how I was doing, and he was living in San Diego at the time. he said, Joe, why don't you just move down here? Our, our church has amazing things going on. I can't promise you anything, but why don't you just come down? And, and so kind of on a wing and a prayer, I made this first epic move in my life, leaving L.A., going to San Diego, bumming a room at my friend's house, working a job, filing papers, just saying, God, what's going on? And, and then I kept leaning into him every step of the way that year, and God met me, and by the end of that year, God gave back everything that was lost at the beginning of the year, but in so much greater proportion because He was giving it to me, His dreams for my life, not me trying to grab hold of something in my own strength. And, and that's the church where I met Christie, where we began to form our life together and serve together and watch God do so many amazing things And so I hold on to this rock to remind me of what God has done in my past. And I hold on to this thing. It goes with me in my car, wherever I drive, because this is a hard year right now. And again, it feels like I'm I'm facing the hardest year of my life. And I'll just be honest with you. In so many ways, COVID is kicking my butt right now. And I'm like, God, where are you? Jesus, are you a part of my story? And yet I hold on to this to remind me. You got me through that. Your strength showed up. I know I can do this because you're with me. And you're going to get me through this as well. See, you've got to remember what He's done in the past for when the hard times come again so that you don't lose hope today, but you could say, I know you've done it in the past. You can do it again. And some of you, maybe you're you're, you're, you're tuning in, you're joining some friends, someone invited you to listen, and, and you're like, I, I don't know if I have a track record with Jesus that I can look back on. And, and what I would encourage you to do is, well, start one. The, the way you begin a track record is by actually stepping onto the track when Jesus is calling you into something new and walking with him and following with him through life. And if you're, if you're looking for that hope today, here's what I want you to know. Jesus is waiting for you. He's calling to you. He's inviting you into something new with him. And, and if you don't know what it looks like to step into that new life, it's, it's as simple as praying to him. Praying is nothing more than expressing our thoughts to him out loud, talking with him. And if that's the life you want, I would encourage you to reach out to Jesus right now, right where you're at. Simply pray to him, Jesus, would you would you show up in my life right now? Would you step into my story? Would you give me the hope of something new? And as you invite him to show up, he'll meet you and begin to lead you into a new life and you'll start that track record. It's so important that we do this because as we develop that track record with Jesus, We begin to have hope in our story that we can lean on as we walk through life today. And as he works in our stories, we know there's a a good thing that he can still do. As his strength shows up, we can do this because he's at work in our stories. As we look back and cultivate hope of what he's done in the past, but we can also look forward. We can cultivate hope in our story today by looking forward to what he still promised to do for us. I mean, Jesus promised us so much. Yes, he invites us into new life, but that's not the fulfillment of all the promise. That's the beginning. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I have a future for you. It's bright, it's beautiful, and it's good. And I am going to come back someday so that we can be together forever. He said, but so take heart. He said, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Nothing you face is beyond me, and I'm in your story now. And I've got good things for you. And looking forward with expectation, it helps free us from getting hung up on today. No matter if it's a good day or a bad day, because we can actually get hung up in both good things and bad things. So when we look forward with expectation to what he's promised us, what he has for us, it helps us to not get hung up. Like when life is going good, it can really be easy to get hung up on the good things, thinking that this is what it's all about. Instead of thanking God for that and realizing the best is still yet to come. Like whatever good we're experiencing in life today, it's really just the appetizer. The main course is still being made. There's a feast being prepared for us. No matter how good life gets today, it's only going to get better as we walk with him into the future he has for us. But looking forward with expectation also helps us not get hung up on when things get crazy and it gets hard and it gets difficult because we know that he's with us and he's for us and as hard as it gets right now, our hope is that this is not the end of the story, that he has a life for you, and he is walking with you today because he wants to lead you into that future, and we cultivate hope when we move beyond right now with expectation to our future, and we remind ourselves of the past of what God has done, and when we do that, we move beyond I can't into I can. I can because the hope within me is greater than the circumstance around me. Because Jesus is at work in my story, and He has a future for me. He has a future for you. And so New Life, I know I know this is a crazy season that we're in, trying to figure it out together. I mean, Christy and I have come to be a part of this journey with you, and we did not anticipate any of this going down the way it's gone down. And, and I think it would be all too easy for us to want to give up right now, to give up on being church together, because there's so much we can't do. Like, we can't gather together in our building at this point in time. And that's hard because so much of the life of our church is about coming around together and encouraging each other and growing and then moving beyond the walls of the building and doing life together outside of that place. And yet just because there are things that we can't do doesn't mean we have to give up being the church because we can still be church together in this time. We can still reach out to each other. We can still encourage each other. We can still be for each other. We can still cheer each other on. We can spend time in our community groups encouraging each other. We can reach out beyond ourselves and walk together. We can be church. And we can still share this hope that we have, that we found in Jesus, as we reach out to the friends around around us. We can invite them, hey, tune in with me on Sunday. There's there's a hope that we're gathering around, and I think it's for you. I think it would be so good for you. There's so much that we can still do. We can be church together in this time because we can do this. We can walk through this difficult season together. We can do all things because Jesus is at work in our story. It's a new life. Someday we're going to look back at this time and we're going to have a new story to tell because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us in this season. And so I want you to know that I'm with you. I love you. And I believe our best days are yet to come. So let's keep leaning into Jesus together and finding our hope in